Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Journey to Becoming, a memoir podcast. And this episode is taken from a Facebook Live video I did. So you may have to forward to the one minute mark or so to get to the goods. Thanks for listening and be sure to come back again soon. I've been trying for 25 minutes now. Can y'all tell me if y'all can see me and hear me? Hey, Iris. Iris, can you see me? Something is going on on with mine. Your friends won't be able to watch this live video unless they're in your selected audience. You can see me now? Yes. Oh, okay. But guess what, though? So it said that your friends won't be able to see this live unless they are in my selected audience. How do we change that? I saw that as soon as I was, um, as soon as I was bringing you on, I'm like, really? Is there a way for you to share it out? Can you see it on your screen? Like, can you share this on your page or something? I told you they made so many changes. Okay, so you can see me and hear me. Okay. They made so many changes. It didn't used to be like this. There should be like, a, it looked like a, like a man with an arrow going out. Like where you can share with friends? Yeah, I'm about to do that right now. Okay, cool. So then. And then also maybe people should be able to see on your page that you're live. I'm like, what's the... Well, I'm about to post my page right now. Okay. I don't know if it's still off of that option because, again, they make so many changes. Okay, we got this done, though. Oh, goodness. Oh. I'm going to wait a few minutes so people can come on in here if that's all right. Come on in the room. 25 minutes. Listen. But I'm okay, though. Listen, I ain't even about to... I'm not I'm not about to even Mm-mm. be stressed about it. Oh my God, Karen, your your screen is frozen. I do not know why. Yep, you did. I do not understand why we're having so much technical difficulties. I am so confused as to why. Like, my Wi-Fi is good. I don't know what's going on. This is crazy. We did a test run. We did two test runs. 
and then now it's time and we both having some issues but that's okay because y'all gonna get this message hey Rashawn so now Karen is gone I can't even get to my comments box <laughs> okay so you're still on but you're not you're not on the on the actual screen so you can hear me though oops hey Danita Okay, I see the request, but my comment, hold on, let me see where my comments are away. Okay, there you go. Okay, I accepted the request. It says you're connecting. It says you're connecting. Hey. Look at that, see, it's all right. Okay, you're back on. Yes. We are back in business. All right, y'all. Hello. <laughs> so you sent a request for your, well, you sent straight on your page. You know, good, solid 20, 25, 30, 35 minutes. But listen, listen, you know? and listen, and listen. Okay, y'all. So those of y'all that are watching, can you see both of us on the screen? I just, I just want to know. Those of y'all who are on here watching live, can you see us on the screen? Mm -hmm. just, just say a quick yes or no. Hey, do you hear an echo? Nope. Yes, they can hear us. Just start talking. Just go. Bam. You're up. Because we don't know okay. how long this is going to All last. All right. So um, I'm here. I'm getting feedback. So it's uh, it's about five seconds behind. So I'm just hearing us talk. <laughs> you got so, earphones? Uh, I do. You don't like them. Or if you don't mind the feedback, Jamina, you know, that's on you. But, yes, today is going to be good. This topic is going to be good. Okay, Rashawn says she can see both of us. All right, here we go. You sound real official. Yes. Hey, I'm, I'm trying, you know. I'm trying. I still hear the feedback of the copy on my end, but as long as y'all don't hear it, it's fine. I, I'm putting my, yeah. So, uh, oh, okay. No, but we don't, I don't hear it, so. Okay. Okay. Tamika says good. Hey, Nadia. All right. You ready? Yeah, girl, come on. All right. Let's get this, let's get this popping. All right. Well, I appreciate y'all coming. Um, Today we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about some myths, some legends, some lies, and some very scary accuracies. 
not everything you've heard about these things are true and some of them are. So we're here to kind of sort that out. And in order to do that, I'm going to share my experience of um, crawling out of a hole, out of a psych ward. Not literally, you know, I'm not, I wasn't doing no Shawshank, nothing, you know, digging up a hole with a spoon in the psych ward. No, I wasn't doing that. But I want to start off by saying this is going to be hard to hear for some, but I need to go ahead and get it on out. Um, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about any specifics of my trauma because I would like to sleep comfortably tonight. Um, what I will say is I did have to deal with sexual abuse from the time I was six to the time I was 12. The person responsible is dead and has been dead. So it is what the fuck it is. It's pretty much left up to me to kind of sort through that. There is no, you know, calling anyone. There is no going to court. There is no, you know, big, you know, me too moment here. The nigga is dead. Is what it is. Growing up, after dealing and through dealing with things like that, it of course obviously fucks with your mental. I was having nightmares, flashbacks, very bad flashbacks, and I was having them often. I remember in second grade, my mom coming down to the school and being told that I was a daydreamer, and I daydreamed a lot, and I did. What I didn't understand at the time is I was zoning out, and when you experience trauma like that, that is a very common thing to do, to just zone out and... I know sometimes, especially family, when they're talking to me, they, I, I know it pisses them off sometimes because even now, every now and then, I'll just, I'll zone out. And it's just a habit from trying to separate myself, separate my mental from what was happening to me. How to take my mind to another place in order to just survive the moment and get through it. That kind of puts your mind in a survival mode, and that's not always good. It, I developed a lot of bad habits, um, procrastination being one of them. I just, didn't, I just didn't fucking want to. I really didn't. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't really want to talk to people, although I like people. I like talking to people. There are a lot of times where I wish I could just, you know, crawl into my closet in my room and then just stay there for a while, you know, one, two, three, four months. Not looking at people, not seeing people. But you really can't do that being a kid. You got to go to school. You got to go to the activities that your parents have planned for you, which was many, 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 many activities. So I had a lot to keep me, to keep my mind busy, to keep my mind focused somewhat. But I was still struggling. It was always very important and, that, and this is a lot with a lot of, you know, black families. You always have to keep that veneer of everything is cool. You know, everything's fine. You put that smile on, you know, you, you put on the mask and, you know, pretend that everything is cool when it is not. And that was something that I just went to automatically, automatically. You know, anytime you stepped out in front of people, it was just, you know, you put on the pleasant face. 
no matter what you were feeling. And that type of conditioning yourself to sustain fucked up feelings for long periods of time under the veneer of, you know, I'm good, that is also taxing on your mind. It unfortunately gives you the viewpoint, and I know a lot of people who experience abuse, especially as children, kind of experience is that we see through people's bullshit very quickly and very early. We may not always tell you. We most of the time probably won't. We like to keep a lot of shit to ourselves out of habit and out of what we were taught. But we can see through a lot of bullshit because we've seen the ugliest side of people. So when you experience the ugliest of people, you can kind of figure out who those motherfuckers are kind of quickly. Now, where that gets fucked up is adolescence and early 20s because you're in that mode where you are a bit more, a little bit too trusting with people. And that's not good. That's not good either because you can't trust everybody. But that's another thing that's learned. It's, the boundaries of trust gets blurred a lot because you're being hurt by someone who is supposed to um, love and care about you, someone you are supposed to trust. They're violating that trust. And when it came out in-house what was happening, it was another layer of do you want people to think there's something wrong with you? And kind of being shamed into silence. And it's not always intentional. It's not, you know, always so blatant. It's like when that came out, it was like a contained nuclear bomb <laughs> had gone off. And then I was supposed to go outside into the world and act like that I didn't have all this, you know, radioactive shit on me. And I wasn't, you know, trailing ash everywhere. I think that's why I gravitated a lot to, a uh, lot to theater, a lot to writing, because it was the perfect way to get the fuck out of reality. Because reality was complete shit. Reality was It's a awful. great escape. Great escape. It is. It is. And you know that more than anyone. You're, she's the, the writer and screenwriter here. She knows exactly what it is. You know, when you deal with trauma, you do have to find some escape. And at that time, I, I lived in a very strict household. So it wasn't like I was going to have to go ahead and, you know, get some hair on or nothing like that. You know, no, that wasn't happening. So I had to find something else. So I had to find a whole new world. So I would just create them. I would write, just put myself someplace else. Anywhere but where I was. And I remember feeling at that time of being an adolescent of just wanting to be anywhere than where I was and wanting to be anyone than who I was. I wanted to be anybody else on the planet. They didn't give a shit. Karen, can you see the um, comments at all? No. Can you see comments? So you can't even see the comments? Mm-mm. People thumb giving you thumbs up, comment. You can't see any of that. Oh, here are some. Okay, I can see them. It's just the screen is short, but I see them. Okay, okay. <clears throat> yes. I just wanted to know. Yes. Carrying them. the burdens and and uh, serving. Yes, carrying all these burdens and secrets. It's like it gets so heavy, and then when you complain about it being too heavy, say, "Hey, I need help. This is too much." You're just getting, you know, shut the fuck up. You're supposed to be a strong black woman. You know, get up. Don't ask for nobody for no help. Do 
grind your knuckles, drag your feet, you know what I mean? And to be, for that to be laid on you as a, a kid and then trying to manage that into adulthood, that's real, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. But I was living in a bit of a denial because I didn't want to admit that I had a problem because that do you think, do you want people to think there's something wrong with you had seeped into my brain. Okay. Seeped into my brain. What also seeped into my brain was the feeling that I was on my own because again, even when it was found out, nothing was done except the very uns, you know, unspoken shut the fuck up. So going through an adult, I was living in a bit of denial. I should have been on medication a very, very long time ago because a lot of my symptoms, which I didn't realize was PTSD at the time, had gotten a bit worse. The nightmares were getting more intense. Um, I was afraid to go to sleep. So I became a night owl because I just, I didn't want to go to sleep. And even if I wasn't having, you know, nightmares and stuff, it was just the habit of just being up when everyone else was asleep. I didn't realize it at the time, but that was just being alone was my safety. So I kind of came alive when no one else was around. And that's the place where I became comfortable. The problem with that is that it kind of put me into a bit of a denial about the fact that I had a problem and that I needed some help because it now had morphed into now I, I will be alone and I feel hands on me and there is no one around. That is, that's another level of fucked up that I was not ready to deal with at the time. First time I tried therapy was in college because when I was in college, I didn't have the luxury of having all of these things to um, distract me. I didn't have all these things to, you know, school activities and things like that. I didn't have all that anymore. You know, kind of college, you were just kind of thrown out into the wolves. And I grew up in a very strict house. So I kind of got thrown out there, like, trying to figure shit out. And I was not in a, in a, ever in a really good place to figure anything out. And that bit me in the ass in college. I went to therapy. I went to a couple of sessions. I wasn't feeling it. A few years later, I was living in Cleveland, and I tried therapy again. That went a lot better. I went into group therapy as well. I did art therapy, which was really nice, you know, and then it got to the point where they were going to introduce medication, and the stigma and paranoia behind that is even bigger than just going to therapy, you know what I'm saying? for real because it's like you know okay you know, you're trying to you know tell all your business and you know put your family on out there sure whatever or <laughs> you know what I mean options are awful so when they told me they wanted to put me on medication I, I, I was like mm, okay I'll think about it and I never went back I just, I stopped going. I stopped going. I stopped going through all of the therapy because I knew if I went there, they were just going to tell me to, you know, go on some meds. And I didn't want to do the meds because, you know, you hear all the, you know, you're going to be a zombie. 
you're not going to be able to really focus. You know, you're going to be here, but really not here. So there yep. was a lot of fear around that. So I, I still wasn't ready. Went back to I'm on, I want to stop you. Wait a minute. I want to yes. stop you right Please there. Please stop me. Real, real quick. No. <laughs> No, because this is this is you. This is this is for you. I do want to say real quick why, like who we are and why we're having this discussion. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Just because we just started talking, just like. Hey. But I did say just start talking because we have been trying to get on for 25 <laughs> damn minutes. <laughs> it's like say what you mean and mean what you say. It's like God damn it, okay. <sighs> but just to say. <laughs> Just to say, like, an introduction of who we are, because, I mean, we assume, like, the people that mm -hmm. follow each of us, they know who we are. But just mm -hmm. to say who we are, so we can, we can just go from there. Okay. And why we're doing this. Do you know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Go ahead. You start. Do your little bio. No, no, I ain't doing no bio. <laughs> I ain't doing it. My Listen, name. I know you do a lot of stuff. Keep it down to, like, 50 Listen. instead of 135. <laughs> Listen, make, I know how to make um, short stories long. But my name is Fiat Hollins. I am a writer, author, but author, screenwriter, storyteller, chain breaker, shadow chaser, just a lot of things. But I am mainly just someone who is really passionate about healing, getting unstuck, and showing up as your best self. That's it in a nutshell. And the way that I do that is by writing books, writing, um, writing movies, because I realized maybe like, what, seven or so years ago, <clears throat> probably longer than that, that I had some doggone issues. And nobody was really talking about issues because like Karen was saying, we don't talk about it. We just act like everything is okay and just show up the best way we can, not realizing that we are carrying generations of trauma and stress and burdens. So I just had to do my own healing. I went to therapy and I've done a lot of self healing. So I met Karen. I met you about seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. I was Because your book we both share. You were at my book signing, signing, but somebody introduced us because we both like to write. Mm -hmm. So that's how that happened. And now that you have your own thing, as far as wanting to share your story, and that's what my platform is. I'm, I'm really avid, um, really adamant about sharing stories and people using their voices, mainly women. So that's how we got together and said, hey, let's talk about mm -hmm. healing trauma, healing and dealing with trauma because folks aren't talking about it. So here we are. Yay. I don't know how many <laughs> minutes that was. <laughs> nice. That was definitely a lovely introduction. That was, was that a, you said that was a little introduction? I said that was a lovely introduction. That was nice. Oh, lovely. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's what that's what we're doing here. We're talking about it. Yeah. We are talking about trauma and baggage and him. Like, okay, I want to say one more thing. That song Bag Lady by Erica Badu. Listen, so we like jam to it and stuff, but have you all ever 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 listened to the lyrics? See, Erica Badu was before her time, though. She's before her time. Because I'm not too much younger than Erica Badu, but she just always seemed like she was light years ahead. But that pretty much sums up what I felt like a lot of us 
have, or that we're dealing with. We have a lot of baggage. We just don't know how to unpack that baggage. We have so much baggage. Like a lot of us, a lot, all of us pretty much have our own baggage, but it's about the, how much baggage do you have? And really admitting and accepting the fact that you have it and what you're going to do about it and not take it from relationship or relationship to friendship, whatever. So that's why we are here. Purpose, yes. Power and purpose. Yes. I saw that. So, okay, yay. I'm done. <laughs> that took a lot. Man. It was, it was nice. It was what needed to be said. Because you're right. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it at all. There's a lot of reasons as to why we don't talk about it. A lot of historical reasons. Um, I'm going to veer off. I'm going to get back to talking about some shit, but let me veer off in a second. Because there is kind of a, a very dark history with us and when it comes to therapy, when it comes to psychology. First of all, we have to deal with the fact that we weren't even considered as humans at one point in time. That part. So understand that we are almost working backwards right now because we haven't had a choice but to move forward as quickly and as you know as as possible and that's still not fast enough you know to me but you know whatever right we never had the opportunity to sit down and dissect our psyche we never had time to sit down and dissect who we are as a people as a community who we are as individuals who we want to be and how we can go about making that happen together but we're in the right frame of mind because you have to think about it. After you know we're being freed, we're, we'll go into like the 1920s and things like that. We'll start talking about uh, the Black Wall Street. You oh. understand you are steeped in a history where this entire community of Black people got together and through any and every adversity possible, made a complete city of their own. You know, yes. pulling themselves up by their own bootstraps. Yes. And that Had was everything that was being done. You know, there's Rosewood. There's hundreds of other black cities that we know about and that we don't know about. And some, unfortunately, we will never know about. Absolutely. And that is because when you see that happen, when you see that type of flourish happening, and then you see people come in and destroy that completely burn it to the ground, murder friends, family, neighbors, left and right. A lot of them are still buried. They can't even get their, you know, their families can't even get their remains if there's any family members left. Because we weren't just being taken out individually. We were being taken out as whole families. Right. So when you understand that you are a person, you are a black person in this world where literally no one wants to see you succeed. We're talking about a kid from like the 1920s, a black kid from the 1920s is sitting and looking at all their hard work, go up and smoke. And then you take that same kid five years later and has a bunch of people pointing his face telling him to pull him up by his own bootstraps when you came through and burnt down our whole boot factory. Right. Burnt that yeah. shit down. So when you are dealing in that type of 
terror on a regular basis, fear of being lynched, fear of, you know, of, you know getting, of just being hurt, of just walking outside and being hurt was an extremely real thing. For and you real have to thing. understand during that time when we were being lynched, it was an event. Like people were getting dressed up to go to these things. So when I say we weren't considered human for a long time, it wasn't as long ago as we like to think. It wasn't as long ago as a lot of people are comfortable with. Yeah, Rashad, right. It's systems built against us, right. Yes. Yes. It, All it of this was not built was, for us. So. And I know a lot of people like to talk about that, but it is, you know. But when you're dealing with that on a regular basis, on top of all the fear, on top of all the racism, on top of all the missed opportunities, on top of that, where in that do you have time to sit down and talk to somebody yeah. about how you feel? Say it again. Say it again for the people in the cheap seats. <laughs> how are you today, Bartholomew? Nigga trying to live. Like, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> There was no conversation for real, for real. It's just, we trying to live out here. We trying to live. And that was we a are. very real thing. So when I say we're Still behind, a very real thing. Yeah. yeah. So when I say we're behind in figuring things out, we're way behind. And that's what takes a lot of the anger out of it for me, is because you're just doing what you've been taught. You've never been taught anything else. So you're just going to go for what you know. We need to be really comfortable with understanding that not everything our elders passed down to us was good for us necessarily. And it's okay to let some of those things go in love. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be an animosity because as you get older, you kind of understand things differently. <laughs> right. Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Say it for real. I, no, that's important to bring it back, yeah. to bring it forward, to bring it current, because that's right. Mm -hmm. Nobody had time to do that. We had to. No, nobody had time to do that. We had to, that. you know, just, yeah. have food on the table and all that. Who's talking about some, we going to talk about some therapy? Who? We talking to who? We ain't got time now, for that. We've all heard our parents, I put food on the table, clothes on your back and a roof over your head. You know. Yeah, that's why I said that. <laughs> we all know. It's like, but, it's like, but <laughs> I'm feeling pain and trauma and like, it's like, no, fuck your pain. So, no, like, I grew up in a family where all my, like, my mom, my grandmother, it was like, no crying. It's no hugging, ain't no kissing, ain't nothing. It's mm -hmm. like, shut up crying. Go out there, you get over it. It's like, but, but I'm hurt. Mm -hmm. But I, it's like, none of that. So then that carries on to when you have kids and then you're raising up these kids and you have, like, sensitive kids who, mm -hmm. every kid needs something different. But when you raising them to be like tough and hard, like it's that has its place too. You don't want nobody be out here just being it a does. Or whatever. It I does, get that. This is a cold ass world. <laughs> it's it's like it's like have it's like a balance. But the whole if you're falling, it's like you know get the fuck up. Don't do all that crying. It's, it's like what? exactly. I'm three. Like dude, I'm I'm three years old. <laughs> like help me out here. So well, I was brought up that way, and even though I'm very like empathic and sensitive, I had to grow up like I wasn't. So I had this whole, I had a whole alter ego. I got a name for it and everything, but we ain't going to talk about that here. I do that. I put that in my writing, but I had mm -hmm. a whole alter ego to show like I was this tough person when I wasn't that tough at all. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that's because I grew up with a, a mom who had to be tough because her mom was, her mom was tough. She was raised by all boys. 
Mm -hmm. My mom died when she was two. So when you start learning the history of things, then you start understanding like, oh, I can't take this personal because mm -hmm. everybody That's has a, a story. That's hard thing to do for some people because some people just, you yeah. know, they don't know how to do anything else but hold on to that pain. But we're going to get to that. Listen. Listen. <laughs> So I just want, yeah, I just wanted to mention that part. Like, yeah, generational you, curses are real. Can you see some of these? Because I can't see a lot. Generational curses, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. true. Passing down our trauma, yeah. Passing down curses, all that shit. All of it. Right. Mostly because we're afraid to face it and deal with it because that's not a very pretty process at all. No, it's not. Oh, my goodness. It's not at all that man in the mirror that's it's like oh my god i don't like that when i really had to tell myself okay i don't like this part of you i don't like who you are that was a hard pill to swallow because it's like who wants to say something bad about yourself really you know it's sad when you really think about it the types of things that they had to go through and deal with with no help with no one reaching out with a just a, a listening ear a shoulder to cry on things like you know when you're deprived of those types of meaningful connections, it's hard to reteach that to someone else. So you just, you always think, oh, I'm gonna do things differently, I'm gonna do things differently, but when you don't know any better, how are you gonna do better? Hello. When there's no one to show you. Exactly. So it's just, you end up going for what you know. And that's reverting back to all the things you didn't want to do. <laughs> right. You know, yes. it, it comes full circle like that. So that's why it goes on for generation and generation because it keeps coming back around. It just keeps coming back around. Yep. Until you deal with it. Right. Until you're Until the you one you're just it. like, wait a minute. This ain't right. Doesn't mean that this is right. Do mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So then you be the one that's just like, Okay, you're, that's why I say I'm the chain. I'm the one who's breaking the chains in my family. It's it's clear. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's like crystal clear. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that's just like, why why is this going on? Why is this? When my I had a cousin who told me like, you know what? You're really not affectionate. Mm -hmm. I said, what what's your point? Like, is <laughs> isn't that all families like? But except for like the husband yeah. who's like, I thought every family was like that. I don't. Exactly. See, I didn't see people going around hugging and telling him I love you. Like I can count on my hands. I mean, times my mom told me she loved me before she passed away, and it was literally like on one hand. Mm -hmm. Even after I started doing the healing, I still found it hard to say it to her because the times that I did say it, it was kind of just like she acted like she didn't hear me, or mm -hmm. it was uncomfortable for her. But it's just all just doing all the doing the work. Period. Just hearing the word "do the work," doing the work is hard. Doing the work is not easy. Do you know what I'm saying? But it's necessary Listen, if you really want to break some stuff. The process. It's very necessary. <laughs> oh my God. Which I like talking about now because I had to do the work. So now I sound easy. Like, you got to do the work. It's like, hmm. but no. That used to piss me off too when I hear people say that. Because you know? <laughs> I always think, what about in the meantime and between time? I used to talk to God all the time about that. Like, what? What am I doing in the meantime between time? Because I see where I've been. I'm not there anymore. And I see where I want to right. go. Okay, but it's going to take some time. What am I doing in the meantime yeah. between time? And then I had to really change the way I thought about that. It's really not in the meantime between time. You're just learning the lessons that you need to learn to get to that. 
You're putting in the foundation work to get to that. So it's not so much as well in the meantime, between times, it's just, well, going back to the school life till I graduate to that next chapter or to something else that I want or something that I'm working towards. You know what I mean? So in the meantime, in between time, learn the lessons. That that's it, because they're going to keep showing up until you mm-hmm. you do something with it. So if you keep seeing those same patterns, mm-hmm. and you you get to the point where you stop blaming everyone else and stop pointing fingers, like, oh, this person's that. Mm-hmm. That was the thing with me. I'm like, wait a minute, you're the common denominator. All your relationships can't be trash because that person is horrible. I mean, granted, some people are horrible, but yeah. when I started really looking at it, like. This person is doing the same thing that this other person was doing. How is that possible? It's two different people. What's the, I'm the common denominator. So once I got to that, everything mm-hmm. started falling into place. That's like, oh, you're doing this because of that. It's scary. For some, it's scary. Mm-hmm. I won't even say for some people. That's scary for anybody to do, to really look at yourself and be like, okay, well, okay, yeah, you're right. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I when they say the devil is a liar, you like, oh, you, you the devil. Oh, I, oh, it is me. Oh, it's me. Right. Okay. Oh, it's man, me. that was me. That was me. <laughs> the devil is a liar. Nah. Yeah. It's but it's to like we like I said to get to that point is a lot of work, and you can't be afraid of the work, and you don't want to get to the point in life where you don't have any choice to do that work. And I found myself in that place around 2015. And it was before that was a lot of years of, you know, running, just trying to get away from myself. Mm -hmm. I was trying to find love in anyone but myself because I didn't like myself that much to begin with. So I always felt that I needed somebody around to validate that I was worth it. But ended up being treated pretty fucking worthless. Because, you know, if there's nothing a raggedy nigga can sniff more, it's a, it's a woman at her weakest. And that's when they love to swoop in and just kind of suck in like locusts <laughs> and run on the fuck all about their business. And then wonder why the next one, like, you ain't shit. Wait a minute. That was a, that was a lot. That was a, that was a did, you say, did you say, <laughs> did you say raggedy nigga? See, listen. <laughs> oh goodness see you that's why I like it because again. no it's definitely not <laughs> it's not it, but you're, but, hey you know who I'm you know who I'm talking about yes because that's the thing we attract who we are not what we want and it's, yes. you know we say that we want this but if we still have that within us like mm-hmm. if we don't feel ourselves or see ourselves a certain way then we're going to attract we attract exactly who we are just period yeah just yeah. period and so. you can you can fool yourself too. And I, I fooled myself. I fooled myself for a minute. And I was I was with a whole nigga that did not give two shits about me on for one some real shit and left me and <laughs> my ass. Yeah, they he, he left us ass out because he felt like I wasn't good enough. So he never he didn't feel obligated to stay. And he wasn't obligated to stay, you know? He didn't marry me. I didn't apply that pressure for him to marry me. That was my fault. And that's another thing you got to talk about when you're talking about looking at yourself and seeing what you did. I stayed way too long. I stayed a lot longer than I should have. And Wait a minute. You me. said you should apply some pressure? You should apply some pe- pressure to get married? Is what you, you, what you said? 
Yeah, either shit or get off the pot is what I mean. Either if okay. we're not going to do okay, okay. this, then you need to let me know now. <laughs> okay, okay, I got you, got you. Okay. It didn't happen like that. And he did leave pretty fucked up. It's not about, you know, leaving. You know, people, you know, grow out of relationships all the time. And uh, that person is entitled to think that, you know, at the time they weren't, I wasn't worth it, you know, to, I wasn't worth it to stay. I wasn't worth it to work things out. I wasn't worth to you know, talk. I wasn't worth it after, you know, four and a half years. It was just like, eh, you know, it's just the way you go about doing it. And he kind of went about it a real fucked up way, but that's something you can't dwell on. Right. If you want to move forward. And to be quite honest, I had enough bullshit happen after that that kept my mind pretty occupied. That's when I was trying to do the Sadie thing. I was right in right. the middle of being homeless and living in a fucking motel. Uh, shout out to Lauren. Hey, yeah, remember that? Woo! Crazy. But um, lived in a motel, working um, at Aero Uniform, doing manual labor and shit. Seven twenty-five an hour, but it's a job, you know. And I always came from, you know, families like, you know, when we were eleven, you know, it's like, okay, so where do you want to work? <laughs> Cause you need to make a check. And we've right. been working since, you know, I was 11, you know, my brother too, you know, we all worked early and always had the, in mind, have a job, have a job. So it didn't matter what they were paying me. I needed a job cause I was living out of a fucking hotel. And at that time, that's when I was running on desperate. I ran on desperate for two years, trying to gain my footing, trying to, trying to bounce back. The whole Sadie thing blew up in my face. It was bad. It was the whole thing, the way it ended was just really bad. But my life was literally falling apart around me and I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop all this shit from happening. Got to the point around 2017 that I'm skipping around here. There's a lot that happened, but you know, I'm not trying to keep y'all here for six, seven hours. But I got back to Detroit in 2017 and I was just at my lowest. Towards the end of that year, things had kind of sort of started to look up a little bit. I had gotten a decent job, you know, get ready to get a place. And then that job fell through three weeks later. And so here I was starting 2018, um, living at a friend's house. Shout out to Jennifer and Weibo. Hey, what up, Will? But um, staying at a friend's house and jobless and with, with, nothing to bounce back from you know what i mean it's like i had gotten a job at mcdonald's at that point you know what i mean so it was it was it was bad it was really really bad and on top of all that i was still running from all this i was still running from everything that was going on in here and that bit me in the ass and i found myself in january of 2018 popping a bunch of pills and then going to lay down, not expecting to wake up. Today, I can't tell you what I took. I just saw bottles and I just took pills. It didn't really matter. Just something to put me down because I was tired. Things were going horrible with, you know, different relationships with my family. Um, things were going shitty in my life. You know, it was just, it was just bad. It was just all bad. And I had gotten to the point old nightmares started coming back and that's when I had had it. When that old shit started coming back, I had had it. I was like, you know what? I, I don't think I can do this no more. 
I don't know I can if I can continue to carry this fucking burdens any the fuck more. And I literally laid down with the intention of not waking up, but I did. And I called the little hotline. Um, the person that answered his name was Jake. So I said, Jake from State Farm. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, you Because know. <laughs> so, that's, that's, you know, <laughs> that's a reflex, you know, for myself and a lot of, you know, my family, you know, humor is reflex. And humor in itself can be a healer too. And a lot of times it can be one of the few things that helps you keep your sanity, that helps keep your wits about you. After that, that was the first time I had gone into the psych ward. And I was in weird, I was in Wyandotte at the time. And it wasn't so much of a shock because the place that was there, um, it was set up almost like, a, I wouldn't say a dormitory. I mean, it was still like a hospital setting, but there were things there and things in the rec room. You can have like your sweaters and, you know, stuff like that. So there wasn't any of you know, the padded cells and all that other stuff, not at that facility. And I was there for a week. I was there for a week. That was when I was first really seriously diagnosed. I was diagnosed with PTSD, depression, and anxiety. And that was the first time that I had to like kind of deal with it, you know, face to face. And that was, that was hard. That was hard. It was wild because my first meeting with the psychiatrist, it was uh, Dr. Honabalu. It was this black lady uh, mm -hmm. uh, from the Caribbean. So she was very upfront and pulled no punches. I started talking to her and telling her about, you know, what was going on with me and things like that. And while I'm talking, she just kind of put down her pen, you know, we got to put down her glasses, just sitting there listening. And then by the time I finished, she was like, yeah, yeah, you should have been here 10 years ago. I was like, <laughs> right? You might be right. Yep. I should have been here 10 years ago, but we're here now, Dr. Honolulu. What are we going to do next? <laughs> that was the first time I actually had to sit down and take medication. And I'll be honest, I didn't like what I was on. Um, it stabilized me enough to be okay and okay enough for them to check me out after a week. After that, when I had, uh, <laughs> I met Josh Whaley there. And the more we talked, the more we had in common. It was, it was meeting the male version of myself, which was odd but exciting because I had somebody to geek out with and then not judge. He was like, I want to help you. So I didn't have any place to go. Wow. None. No place to go. So he ended up uh, renting a place. We were there for a week. He lost his job in that week because hmm. he had gone to the psych ward because who wants to deal with somebody who had to deal with stuff? You know, they don't. So he is able to secure a place for us in New York. 
unfortunately, that was not a healthy situation for him or I. And shit got really real. It was not a healthy space mentally or emotionally. And we were both just feeling really helpless about what can we do. And we had both run out of our meds. And it was not fun. Because we were both dealing with different things and needed to deal with it in different ways. And so there was a, there was a day where enough was enough. Everybody went their separate ways. I ended up, it was kind of cold. It was around April, it was April. It was still kind of cold in New York. And I was walking down the street with my coat on, looking like a fucking bag lady for real. Just, I walked for about three hours, not really understanding where I was going, but understanding that New York was a grid. And if I can just go in one direction, I could kind of sort of catch the Greyhound and see what I can do there. But about three hours in, I was like, yeah, yep, yep. No, okay. See, I thought the other thing was rock bottom. No, this is rock bottom right here. I'm in fucking New York City looking like a fucking bag lady. Yeah, no, can't do that. I started to check out. I stopped and I looked and I see all these, you know, cars coming because it was, a, it was a very busy, you know, intersection I was at. I was like, okay, I'm gonna time this right and I'm gonna toss my ass out there and this is gonna be quick because I'm fucking done. So the only thing that stopped me was my kids. And learning the first time I had gone there that I didn't want to leave them because they didn't deserve that. They deserve better. So I looked and I see some cops over there and they point me in the direction of the police station. And there was a, a Spanish lady there and she was like, you know, can I help you? You know, and I told her, you know, things that were going on. Unbeknownst to me, she had already called the psych ward. So I was in there talking to her. She had already made a call for them to come get me. So like, why did she do? Me. Why did she do that? What were you doing for her to? She knew I was in the She was what? Okay, okay. She just all right. And I wow. think it was one of the things like a woman to woman thing when you can see a woman is in, is in distress because there's a difference between a man seeing a woman in distress and a woman seeing another woman in distress. You know, a man's gonna ask, "How can I fix it?" We're asking, "What happened?" Because we can't fix shit if we don't know what happened. So she sure, saw me. something. It was like, okay, let me go ahead and make this call. She didn't tell me she made the call until they came. And I think she did that on purpose because she didn't want me to run. Exactly. Yeah. So I went there. And the place I ended up going was Elmhurst Hospitals. Elmhurst Hospital. And I went to their site ward. I was there for a month. When I tell you that is the most sobering, humbling experience, it was at one time terrifying, but also life-changing. The things that I learned about myself weren't always great, but they were invaluable. I kind of want to get into what's real and what's not real, you know, is it one of those things where just kind of people are just walking around some waiting room? No, no, it's not like that at all. Um, they're not that sloppy, to be honest, where they just have people wandering around like zombies. No, 
Do they have a padded cell? Yeah, they do. That is real. They do have a padded cell. It does get used, but it's only for the extreme cases. And that's something that you also learn while you're in a psych ward is that there is levels to this mental illness shit. There's that low end. I'm just having, you know, a rough time and, you know, I made a hasty decision. And then you have, you know, kind of like in the middle, high grade. Okay, been dealing with way too much trauma, not dealing with it very well, kind of spazzing out way too fucking much. That's kind of where I fell into the spectrum. And then there is, that person is no longer mentally there anymore. That is frightening to see. Because when you are looking at them, you are looking at somebody who is lost, mentally lost. They are not there anymore. Yeah, you know that phrase, the lights on, nobody's home? That's what that that's right. what that is. The lights are on. Ain't nobody in there. But you kind of also have to step back and think because you had I had a moment like, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is for the crazy, you know, toenail biting bitches. Like this isn't, you know, I'm not there. But being in that place makes you understand that you are on the same level as that toenail eating bitch because you are sitting right next to that toenail eating bitch in the same hospital talking to mm -hmm. the same doctor and probably maybe taking kind of some of the same medication. So you really got to check your shit when you're in there. You can't really do a whole lot of judging when you're there too, you know? That helps you focus more on yourself because you can't, you know, point at everybody else and do none of that. No, you wanted the crazy motherfuckers too. And I don't say crazy as something bad. I embrace that. I don't mind. I'd rather take it and own it than allow it to upset me when somebody says it. But that's just me. Yeah. Doesn't make always, you know, everybody comfortable. But while I was there, I, like I said, I, I learned a lot about myself and how I was not dealing with my trauma and just how bad my life had become because I wasn't dealing with it. You know, all that, because my life kind of goes and, you know, things are going really well and then boom, it crashes and then things are going really well and then, and then boom, crashes. And I wasn't experiencing enough plateau time where everything's just, okay, not bad, you know, not really, really good, just all right, you know. I wasn't able to hold that kind of consistency because I wasn't consistent up here. And the main reason was because because of the ex because my trauma was a bit extreme, I had to get my wires crossed back with medication. And when I got introduced to the medication, to the right medication, I felt a difference after two weeks. The focus, I had more focused, I had a bit more energy because you know, when you're depressed and you know anxiety written all that shit. You tend to shut down. You're shut down. You're tired. You don't want to do shit. Being on the medication, I had a little bit more energy. I could think more, you know, a little bit more clear. You know, I wasn't, you know, so all over the place. So it was like getting to know a new person every other day. Now, I'm not going to say that. There was this, my roommate, my first roommate. Uh, was this girl and at night she would talk to her she was one of the ones that wasn't all there and well I wasn't all there either she was just on a different level and she would talk about murdering someone 
in their sleep and shit. Like that's the type of shit that my roommate was saying. So that was like my first few nights there. So I was like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> and then I woke up one night around three o'clock in the morning and there's this woman standing over me speaking to me in Spanish that she wants to wash my clothes. I want to wash your clothes, little baby. And she's saying this to me in Spanish at three o'clock in the morning. And I'm in bed just like, what the <laughs> fuck? And that same person, um, like maybe a week or so later, because I was pissed off that I wasn't getting to go home. Because, you know, I went to that one place. I was there for a week. I assumed that's what it would be here. So when the doctor man said, oh, no, 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 you're not going home anytime soon, dear. It was another shot. Like, fuck, there really, really is something a little bit wrong with me. But I was being given the tools to fix it. And after a while, that's what I needed to concentrate on. Trying to, I found out I was a bit more rageful than I thought I was. I kind of sort of assaulted someone, but not really. If that makes sense. She wouldn't leave my room. Huh. So I like kind of snatched her up, drug her out my room because she wasn't listening. You said kind of sort of, I mean. Kind of sort of, I mean, I didn't punch her. I just snatched her up. This is a little shake, a little. That's it. Just a little. Shake and push. Shake and toss. Listen, she was alive. She was alive and had no broken bones. So, no, I didn't really do nothing but grab her up. She cool. But (laughs) it was mostly because I was just, I had so much anger in me. When that happened, that's the moment I realized that I had a lot of anger in me. And I was angry for a really long time. And from repressing it over and over and over and over again, a lot of anger came out in that place. I had a few days where I was spazzing out. I had a few days where I was just screaming. And I think the best place, the best thing about that place is they gave you space to do that. They gave you space to do that. They would take you to a room so you can do it without disturbing other people, but you had the space to do that. And they weren't going to judge you. And I think that was like the, the, a comforting thing is I was in a place where people just wanted to help me. They really weren't interested in judging me. And that's a big thing for black people. You don't want to go in some place where you're trying to get help, but while they're trying to help you, they're shaming you or, you know, things like that. Again, that's what keeps a lot of us away, but it's not yeah, like that. Cause a lot of us are angry. A lot of us, a Very. lot of us are really, yeah. Okay. So let me ask you. Mm-hmm. What are some, what would you suggest for someone who is suffering from some type of trauma? Right, Marilyn, she's talking some kind of sort of assault her. That's all like, no, you're going you're gonna to clear that up. Even though I knew, I heard the story, but I wanted her to clear that up. Because it's like, how you kind of sort of assault someone? I just, it's listen, like, I, she's fine. I just snatched her up. She good. I didn't go to jail. There was no assault. So, What would you <laughs> suggest for someone because... Like for real, I know we laugh a lot because that's how just how we are. We kind of have this, we have this irreverent sense of humor. Both of us do. It's like what we talk about is serious, but we really do not take life so seriously. It's like we, you know what I mean? It's like I know mm-hmm. it sounds like oxymoron. It's like oxymoronic, but it's really not. So while this is a serious topic, we're we're trying not to make it so heavy because life is to be like lived and experienced, and we should not really 
take it so serious. We should enjoy it. Bottom line, period. That's all mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. So what would you suggest for someone who is just experiencing trauma and stress, stressed out? Because a lot of us are. I would say the first thing to do is like acknowledge that part because a lot of us yes. don't even acknowledge it yes. first. That's but what one. would be like your suggestion? The second step, depending on how long you've been dealing with it, you might want to go ahead and check yourself in. And I don't want to make people think that, you know, going to the psych ward is any, is, is a bad thing. It's really not. It's it, the psych ward is not a punishment. The psych ward isn't just a place where we put forgotten people. It's a place where people are literally there just to help you and get your shit together. And it's to, for me, it was like hitting the reset button on my life because when you leave that place, you're starting over fresh with a whole new set of new coping mechanisms, uh, coping mechanisms. You, you're on medication that's, now. That's key. Yes. The coping mechanisms. Cause that's the, that's what triggers everything. Well, that's what starts a lot of mm-hmm. things. We don't know how to cope. So we find yeah. ways to now, cover now, up. If you're too nervous to do that therapy. Have to. I advise every black person to go to therapy because it is our time to sort this shit out. I don't think we want to be a part of a generation that just kind of keeps this shit going because it's not doing us any favors and looking at the world around us. Nobody got us but us or like us. But in order to be able to really help each other, we got to get help. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say we need help. We do. We do. We passed down some raggedy traditions that we probably need to stop. And that's okay to say that. It's okay to say that. And I think people kind of, when they, when they hear, you know, stuff like that, when they're here, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. They immediately get defensive. And I think that's with a lot of our parents, they immediately get defensive. Well, I did the best I could. You know, I did it. It's like, we know that we're trying to show you how to do better. Hello. And us being your kids, you should kind of want to be better so we can be better together. Now, if that's something you don't want, then I'm going to have to deal with that on that level too. Yeah. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought real quick. I zoned out. Did they know me? Probably. Okay, let's read. Hold on. So Tamika said therapy for trauma is a must. Yes. Yes, it is me. Um, kind of sort of. It's nothing in here. Oh, Danita says she's happy you still you still here. God has a plan for you. God bless and love you. Thank you. Love you too. Hey, Paulia. Paulia said, preach this, preach. <laughs> Black people have 400 plus years of trauma and we are the ones that need it the most. Hello and the goodbye. Yes. And the goodbye. Yes. But Danita that. said that sometimes it takes a village too. It does. It takes so much. It, it takes so much. But we have to be open mm-hmm. and, and honest and acknowledge that, okay, we need some. That's the first for real step. Because yeah, once you do is. that, it's like when the student is ready, the teacher will come. I do believe that. So like That's I said, once true. you admit, okay, I do have some issues. 
Like this mm-hmm. can't be That's the this can't be part. healthy. It, it let me tell you, when you sit up there and say, Oh, this can't be healthy with this can't be the way for me to do XYZ. I this can't be right that I'm just in and out, in and out of just hopping back. It's like it can't be. This can't be healthy. No. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's Hey Raymond. Therapy for everybody, girl. I like that. We should get that on t shirts. Therapy for everybody. Yeah. Business owner. Yeah. Mika might be able to do something about that. Let me write that down. Hold on. I got a t shirt guy. Cairo design. Therapy. You say everybody or everyone? What you say? Therapy for everybody? Therapy for everybody. Okay. I like that. Or we could take the Issa Rae approach and say, I'm rooting for every black person. Everyone is black. Therapy. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I'm rooting for every black person I'm to be in therapy. I'm rooting for everyone black in therapy. See, this was cool. I like this. So this is like the first in like a, I want to like an installment or a segment mm-hmm. that Karen and I are going to do. We're going to have different topics every think other week. I think that's what we decided on. Every other week to talk about issues, mm-hmm. especially if like in a black community, black women, because you know, our yeah. target is like black black women. I mean, men can come on too, of course. And yeah. you can take something we from don't it. That's leave great. Y'all out, you know. We'll have an episode for y'all. We ain't gonna leave y'all out. We want y'all. But we definitely gotta talk. Yeah, we need to talk, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be weekly. No, it's gonna be bi weekly. We did say weekly, but just because we're starting, we're just gonna see. We wanted to see how, uh, the type of reception we would get on this first go round, and we really have some good right. reception. So I like that because this is important. So, um, but we gotta. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. A it's lot. N- it's, a lot, so we're not going to oh, run out of lot. things to talk about. So it may, it may, may turn into weekly, but we're going to do it bi-weekly now. Mm-hmm. And if you all have some topics that you want us to talk about, let us know in the chat. And go on the page, uh, the Let's Talk yeah. About It fan page. Yep, and see, we didn't even talk about that because we're on our personal pages now. Mm-hmm. Because you know we couldn't when we did the test, we couldn't go live on the let's talk, let's talk it um let's talk what is it let's talk about it fam that's the name yep. of the actual page all of this Gold thanks to, uh, thanks to Karen and oh thank you Tamika since yes. she said this segment is needed thank yes. you thank you Mika. Oh, on that page, um, what I'll do is I will update the page with different posts. Um, I'm going to post different articles, different links, um, uh, black therapists in different areas. But I need to know where y'all are so I can, you know, give y'all the proper links to black uh, therapists in your area. Different articles, you know, just talking about specifically geared towards us. And it's okay to say that because we're dealing with a different set of issues. So it is okay that we have separate issues and we do have to deal with things differently and we do have to deal with things in house. And I don't think we need to be afraid or ashamed to say that or hesitant to say that because it's needed. Like Mika said, it's needed. It's needed. Mm -hmm. It is needed. Raymond said, let him know when we talk about homeschooling. What about homeschooling? On now. 
which my daughter hates. She abhors it. Homeschooling is different now. It's going to be the norm, too, because of this pandemic, but. Thank you, Mary. So she said, thank you, ladies. This was much needed. Not a problem. Thank y'all for, for joining us. Like I said, this was this was just a beginning talk. Um, we are going to have different topics, so keep a lookout on the page. Like I said, we're already going to keep it updated with articles, links, uh, different blurbs, things like that. If you guys want to post things, uh, inspirational quotes, just you know, food for thought, things like that, more than welcome to join the community, like the page, follow the page, do what you want to do. This is therapy Let's for talk about it. Us. This is for us to express how we feel without judgment, without fear. Let's just talk, Let's talk about, about it. Fam. <laughs> how are you going to say the same thing I said? Let's talk about it, fam. <laughs> but we got to post a link on here, right? You got to post a link on there. Oh, he said good or bad for the kids. Oh, mm. I think it's good if it. it's, if we can, if we can figure out a way to, to do it, I think it, it's, it's good, but we also have to, after this pandemic is over, incorporate social activities. I think if you want to homeschool and if you still incorporate social activities with kids their own age, I think you really have something really good there. I think, you know, it's always an option. Right. But it's about the social interaction too. That is that yeah. part is why my daughter hates it. Because we have to look at it like to them at their age, they feel like their friends are the most important people in the world. Regardless exactly. of how much we want them to just be loving up on the parents, they really think their friends are important. So them not being able to socialize mm -hmm. with them is really causing them. Well, yeah. like, you know, like my daughter, she's just like, I'm stressed and I'm depressed. It's like, oh my yeah. God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know what? I believe it. Cause it's, 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 you know, these are really formidable years. So to kind of be separated from you know that life especially something that that you know they knew just so recently like oh my gosh all this has really changed i think we don't mm -hmm. need i think we can't that affects them how that affects the kids how their life is mm -hmm. doing a real you know 180 you know what i mean so For that's sure. the, that's something we definitely could talk about is how our kids are dealing with this pandemic and what we can do to help them and each other Okay. So yeah, we'll drop the link in the page, Marilyn, after we we get off. Mm -hmm. But if that's all, if y'all don't have any more questions, do you have anything to say, Karen? Any last words? Last words for for the live? Please don't be afraid to say that you need help. Don't be afraid to need help. Don't do that. Don't do it to yourself. Like don't that. don't uphold this weird, you know, take all your lashings. You must suffer. Suffering is a choice. Okay? You can choose not to because life is already going to bring you all kinds of other suffering and whatnot. You don't need to add on any type of extra suffering just to prove to no one how strong you are. Oh, I mean. Who gives a fuck? Listen. This is about you. You're mental, you're here, all of this, you. They're not going to take care of that. You're going to take care of that. And you I have like to. That. 
That's a word. That is a word. I like yeah, that. Yeah, this is off topic, but I really need those glasses. These, like, I can't see without them. What you want? What you want me to? Do? I just want the frame. Then you want me to put my lenses in what else? Some other pair. Just whatever. Figure it out. Love and light. <laughs> it's like, you know, just take my glasses. <laughs> but thank you, though. I do get a lot of compliments on these glasses. And I like these glasses a whole lot. I think they speak to my personality and my mm -hmm. style. And they're just, like, perfect. They were just perfect for me. I can tell you where I got them. And then you got to come back to Michigan to get them. Bloop. I plan to. I plan, I plan I plan. to get the fuck up out of the South. Listen, 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 listen. I need, I need to get the fuck up out of here. So I'll be in Michigan soon. Because you, you better hurry. Nah. <laughs> nope. Was not meant to live down her. Nope. <laughs> nope. Really, so you said a fucking mouthful. <sighs> Thank y'all for coming on. This was fun. This was. Yeah, I like going on. This. this was fun. This was great. So we'll be back. We'll drop the link in the comments so that you'll know where to go for the We'll post it Let's on talk YouTube, about a fam page. But we still have to go live from my personal pages because Facebook has this, I don't, it's just all jacked up as far as like posting on a page and inviting folks. Yeah, it's just weird. So we'll just keep constantly, we'll keep constantly. We will keep posting on our main pages, but mm -hmm. put updates on the let's talk about a fam page. Bam. Bam. So that's it. That's it, Thank y'all for you coming. So joining us and we will see y'all in another two weeks don't forget to hit us up on the page we'll see y'all there bye bye y'all